And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is The Athletic's Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portstein with you on a uh, it's a warm and sunny Thursday afternoon. I'm in Florida, and I got I don't want to complain because I know it's kind of nasty up there in the north, but it's a little too warm down here. Mid 80s already. Ugh, where, what happened to springtime? Uh, Blue Jackets tonight in Sunrise to start a two game trip. It's a short trip. It is not an easy trip. Florida tonight in Sunrise, as I mentioned, and then. They head up to Raleigh to play Carolina on Friday before heading home uh, for a Sunday tilt with Pittsburgh. Uh, We will be joined momentarily by the great Pierre Lebrun, who works for us here at The Athletic, as well as for TSN as a national NHL insider. Uh, We'll get to PLB in a few minutes, but first, we've got some news to get to with the Blue Jackets over the last 24 hours. Some tough news, in fact. Zach Wierenski will miss at least the next two games uh, tonight for sure. Carolina, for sure, he is not on this trip. He has an upper body injury, suffered Tuesday in the OT win over Toronto. Uh, The Blue Jackets are currently without Alexander Texier, Jake Bean, Eric Robinson, Elvis Merzlikens, Jonas Corposalo. It's a pretty banged-up group, but honestly, I think Wierenski might be the biggest blow yet. He plays half the game almost. He's a great puck mobility uh, I think one thing that's really shined, and I almost wrote this for today. I'm glad I didn't because maybe that story would not uh, would not last very well. Um, they've gotten so much better at getting the puck out of their zone quickly, and obviously Wierenski is a huge part of that. Uh, so losing him, especially against this Panthers team that loves to go, 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 and, and will take chances to try to overwhelm you in your own zone, this could be a tough one for the Blue Jackets. Gabriel, Gabriel Carlson... Steps into the lineup tonight for Wierenski. 
Uh, nothing set yet on the pairs, but here's what we're thinking it's going to be. Gavrikov and Peak, they skated together uh, in practice on Wednesday. Uh, the other pairs looked like, and again, this is tentative, but possible, Kukin and Boquist, and then Bayreuther and Carlson. Um, so that is a, that's a pretty beat-up group, and again, when you take the name Wierenski out of that mix... Um, it doesn't quite look as strong as it did before. Uh, Jackets have lost twice already to Florida this year. I don't probably need to tell you that, but 9-2 and 8-4, 17 goals against in two meetings. This, this Florida team, I tell you, not only do they like beating Columbus, they seem to really like beating them badly. Um, there is a drive in that team this year. Blue Jackets won 6-1 against Florida last year, 0-2 this year, so Put another way, that's one win in 10 meetings against the Panthers since the start of last season. Uh, more news and notes here. Goaltender Daniil Tarasov, probably the Blue Jackets' top prospect, or one of them certainly, uh, right up there with Kent Johnson, hasn't played since January 1st when he started against Carolina. He had surgery on Wednesday in New York to repair a hip injury, and he is out for the rest of the season, facing a six-month recovery. Should be ready for the start of next season. If you add six months to this, he should be cleared by the end of August. Uh, my sense for something like this, the hip is such a obviously huge part of a of a goaltender's everything. His ability to move, get down, be flexible, all these things. Uh, my sense is they'll probably take it easy with him through training camp as well. The release from the team said uh, that he would be ready for the start of the season. Uh, so I would imagine, though, the kid gloves will still be um, in use for, for training camp. Uh, neither the club nor Tarasov's agent, J.P. Berry, would divulge exactly what Tarasov's injury was or what surgery was performed. So we don't know exactly the extent of the injury. Six-month recovery, is, is that's a pretty lengthy recovery. Um, and this is a significant injury for a 22-year-old. But best of luck to Daniil. Um, right on the cusp of becoming an NHL backup here in Columbus. If the Blue Jackets, as expected, move uh, Jonas Corposalo at the trade deadline, I think the Blue Jackets look at Tarasov and see him as being ready to go as an NHL goaltender, most likely a backup to Merzlikens for at least a year or two. Um, the good news for the Blue Jackets, they've won six of the last seven. Uh, they're playing as well right now as they have all season, despite all of these injuries. And the guy that's just putting on a show, of course, is, is Patrick Laine. 12 goals, 20 points in his last 10 games, three game winners. He's out of his mind right now. The, everything's going in. Uh, he's shooting like 36% from the from the floor. I'm just saying that as a basketball stat because it, it reads like it. Uh, he's so on fire right now. We'll talk to Pierre Lebrun about line A. We'll talk about the trade deadline. Uh, I want to get his thoughts on the Blue Jackets in general and what he thinks of this job uh, done so far by... Uh, Blue Jackets coach Brad Larson in his first year behind the bench. Uh, so let's bring Pierre in. We'll get to to all of that. We've got a few questions from from readers, I believe, as well. Um, and uh, let's uh, let's let's get to that conversation now. So joined now by Pierre LeBrun, as we mentioned with the Athletic, with TSN, NHL National Insider. Pierre, thanks for joining us. Always good to be with you. An absolute pleasure, Porty. And and I, you know we set this off air, but uh, let's share it with everyone. Sure. Last five years, I'd say you and I yeah, uh, right. would have talked a lot more often because we've been friends for a long time. And yes. since we both joined the athletic, we've been teammates and there was always something going on with Columbus the last always. five years. So 
it is interesting that uh, we've actually not chatted in a while. So, so here we go. That's good to hear your voice. Yeah, well, yeah, you as well. And I, I appreciate you doing this. I know this is a busy time of year. You probably have, I, I don't know how your sleep patterns are right now. If you get into that groove before <laughs> trade deadline, if you got three or four cell phones working, how stressful is it right now? And how, what's the, uh, when does the wave begin to hit? You think it's going to be early this year? There's been a couple of trades trickling in. Or mm-hmm. is this going to be like it, it is every year when when the, the deadline is truly the deadline? I still think the deadline will be the deadline if for no other reason that even teams that want to act earlier are telling me that the cap is really preventing that for them. Like, you know, for those listening, and I'm sure you've explained this many times and you've written about it, but the later you go in the year, the easiest it is to shoehorn a cap bit. Right. So it, it really is a big issue. I mean, the pandemic and the effect on the cap is brought a lot of chaos to the NHL. Yeah. Um, and so few teams with, with cap room, although Columbus, not, not one of those teams, Jackets have got that's, lots of cap room. That is correct. But, uh, and, and I think, by the way, I, I think that's uh, one of the opportunities that uh, the Blue Jackets have looking way past a deadline, but although maybe at the deadline, but more so in the summer, um, you know, the Blue Jackets could really exploit some teams that have no choice but to get rid of a good player because of the cap. Right. Right. No question about it. Yeah, or you know that, or the other way where they've got a player that that they just can't handle anymore and is no longer worth the value of the contract, and Columbus could take that along with something else to give, mm-hmm. free them up for other things. I, I I always get the sense that Yarmo Kekalainen has been more willing to do that than he's been able to do that. It just hasn't come together for whatever reason. Maybe we see it uh, this time. Um, so I, 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 the, when we were speaking before you joined us, Pierre, it wasn't great news. Uh, Wierenski out for at least a couple of games, mm. rough news for the young prospect goaltender, but there is, there is good news in Columbus. It's been actually a, a pretty wild stretch here. They've won six out of seven, eight out of 10, and nobody in the league is hotter right now than Patrick Line, uh, 12, eight. <laughs> 20 over 10 games. This is, he had these stretches when he was young and in Winnipeg. Um, I'm sure the Blue Jackets, and Yarmo hasn't said this uh, explicitly, he won't go there. I'm sure there's enormous relief that he's able to have this sort of stretch again. I bet Line feels that way as well, because it it hasn't been this way for him uh, for a couple of years. What's your sense on Line? What's his future, period? But what's his his future in Columbus? Uh, And have things changed with this last two, three-week barrage that he's been on? I, I don't know that things have changed vis-a-vis whether Columbus would entertain moving him or not. I, I, I will tell you that I've talked to some sources and a couple of front offices over the last 24 to 48 hours, knowing I was coming on this podcast and asked them specifically about Line A. And the sense that I got from those front office sources from other teams is that they thought this would be a, a postseason decision either way for Columbus. In other words, can they sign him to an extension? Or do they realize they have to trade him or they just qualify him and keep him for a year and push that decision further down the road? Those are all the options. But I've yet to hear from another team that said, oh, I think think he's going to move for March 21st. I've not come across that evidence. Now, it's not like I've talked to 31 other teams either. But but it's a sample size. And and so and and to me, that makes sense. I mean, I, I guess. You know, and there's no question Yarmo Kekalin, I think, is keeping his cards close to his vest to some degree when teams are calling on top of it. 
but I don't really see the upside in making any decisions on Patrick Liney before this deadline. I, yeah. I mean, one of the problems with the trade deadline is you actually never have the full field to play with. I mean, there are only certain teams that would be willing right. to take them on now, whereas you get double the size of the market in the offseason for cap reasons. So that's number one. But also, I think that I think every effort is going to be made to, to sign them long term. I mean, that's number one for sure. Uh, you gave up Pierre-Luc Dubois for him. Um, and not that this necessarily has to be the number one reason you go into this with this frame of mind, because I think you can get into trouble with this. But, you know, the Blue Jackets have lost some marquee players, and I so, think yeah. it adds a little pressure to making this work with Patrick Lining. But at the end of the day, can't force a player to sign. So I, I saw his comments to you recently where he seemed pretty happy in Columbus. And so... I, I've always, Patrick Lyon has always struck me as a guy who's a man of his word. So he must, that must be how he feels. So that bodes well, but there's some tricky decisions ahead. I mean, I mean, let's just start with the qualifying offer to retain his rights. It's seven and a half million. That's right. Uh, I will tell you that there's a couple of people I've spoken to in other teams who aren't sure that they're comfortable with that QO. Yeah. So that's an interesting decision right off the hop. But then again, how do you not qualify him? You That's can't lose him. Side. Right. Right. So, but, but the point being that, and I'm sure you've thought of this, it, it does force that decision. It's not like they got all summer to figure this out. It means that they got to figure this out before the QO. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think is interesting, and I think this is what's at work here, is I think there are people across the league who have a, a fully formed version in their mind of what Patrick Line is. And I think in Columbus, you have a GM that's known him for a very long time mm -hmm. uh, and a coach who sees line A and thinks he can be more than he has been to this point. He is never going to get Selkie votes. He is, he is a big bomber with an incredible shot. And that's always going to be the, the number one item on the Patrick line A resume. Um, but if you watch him, how he's played this last month or so, uh, I got to tell you, the people in Nationwide Arena come out of their seats for him when they see him skate his ass off and finish a check. And and it's there are inklings like this guy can be more than just the guy that camps out on the left circle with his stick held high waiting for the puck. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so if I think if they think there's more to him than that, and then maybe there's there's a desire to go long term here with him i the question that i've had and the people listening to this might be sick of hearing it but you talk to people and i'm, I'm sure you've heard the same thing that that line is such a talent but he's he, he feels like a luxury item rather than the thing you build around and they're building yeah. this thing and can you build with a luxury item first and go around that and, and again i think some people here think he can be more than a luxury item that may be where they they disagree with some people around the league about that. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's never going to be a two hundred foot player, right. and and I just think that's once you accept that, you move on. I mean, that's number one. But he's also he's got a what he can do goal scoring wise. Very few players in the world can right. do. I mean, his OT right. winner against Toronto. It's not just where he shot it from. It's the fact that he finds a way to get a shot on net when he's hot without defensemen getting their sticks and lanes on him. That's an incredible talent. Yeah. I mean, him and Ovechkin and Austin Matthews, there aren't a lot of players where you feel that they're they're going to get that shot off from there. Yeah. He's one of them. Yeah. And and so, listen, at the, at the end of the day, uh, it, it comes down to what his camp 
feels uh, if they're interested in talking long-term what a fair number is because my impression of of why things started to go south in Winnipeg there are more than one reason I think but when there had been some preliminary long-term discussions that never got anywhere between Winnipeg and his camp I think that the number really scared Winnipeg okay yeah so now that was then, and a lot has changed since then. Um, but but I think that's something to keep in mind. And there's also going to be some contracts here coming up soon that I think will help Columbus. For example, um, you know, at some point in the next couple of weeks here, things are going to heat up uh, contract wise between Nashville and Philip Forsberg. And you know, not that Forsberg and Liney are the same player, but um, Forsberg scores a lot of goals, and yep. and so. Whenever you get fresh evidence and fresh fresh, fresh comps, those yeah. become very very intriguing for both the the team and the player. Yeah. So so that's something to keep an eye on too. Yeah. If, if Nashville's able to sign, I'm not guaranteeing they will. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, and this sort of dovetails into this too, the reset rebuild issue. And Yerma was quite interesting about this and, and quite clear about it really for the first time in explaining how he views what the Blue Jackets are going through. And he's, I've always wondered if it was just semantics, if the word rebuild has so many thoughts and feelings attached to it that he just didn't want to use that word. That's not what it is at all. He, he, he does not desire this team to hit the floor Mm -hmm. and be in the Shane Wright uh, category, be in the Connor Bedard category next year. He doesn't think that is an approach to building what he's hoping to build here. Although for Connor Bedard, it might actually be worth it. But yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> not that Shane Wright won't be a great player. Yeah, I, feel I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. And it's the one thing Columbus has never done. Pierre, we've talked about this. It's been 22 mm-hmm. plus years. They've had lots of long seasons in Columbus, but in even those long seasons, they haven't completely bottomed out to get, I mean, think of the players that have, that have been for, up for grabs in the years where they finished strong out of contention for those guys. Um, he wants to have a culture here. The Jenner, Wierenski, um, those guys build, bring in young guys with these guys in place, rather than bringing in guys and saying you are, you are the fix here, and it's all going to come through you. And he points. He doesn't name the teams, of course, out of respect for those franchises. But Buffalo, Edmonton, is teams that have struggled to do this by selling their souls for that great talent. And they did Mm -hmm. get great talent. Um, But building that up, once you get losing built into your culture, is really hard to do. Mm -hmm. Just your thoughts on reset versus rebuild and and where the Blue Jackets may be going with this. 
So I'm with Yarmo on this, and 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 I think there's more and more GMs that think like him. By the way, and, and I'll give you an example that probably hasn't quite been laid out explicitly yet, but will over time I think become evident. Is that I don't think Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are doing a full rebuild of Montreal. Right. I I, I think they're going to turn some of that roster over, of course. But I think that they also plan to try and sign some free agents this summer. They want to be wow. competitive while they retool. Yeah. And I think this is the the new way that a lot of teams are approaching it. And and there's a couple of reasons. You know, I know that there are some owners around the league that that are that are scared to do a full five-year rebuild that don't know what the impact will be to their to their season ticket base. If they en- entertain that, especially coming out of a pandemic, I mean that has come up a lot in my in my chatter with front office executives. And um, you know, there's some recent interesting examples. Like I just interviewed Rob Blake for a uh, for my in my series of deadline GM interviews, and you know he he reminded me that you know last summer after a very methodical rebuild in LA, they went out and signed Philip Deneau and traded for Victor Arvidsson. Rebuild was over. Yeah. Uh, because it had been enough, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's time to, so, um, you know, Detroit and Ottawa are examples of the, of the, of the, of the other route, which is the full rebuild for sure. Ottawa has completely rebuilt their team. A lot of young players, uh, Detroit, complete organic rebuild under Steve Eisenman. But outside of those two teams, a lot of the teams that have tried to, to, to reset or retool or regenerate over the last couple of years are trying to do what Yarmo was talking about. And I think it's because there's pressure to win and there's pressure to not go into the abyss. Um, and you know, what I was thinking too, the Rangers were down that path as well with, with, with their moves and then said, okay, enough, enough. We're not, hey, we're not just going to take our lumps. Go out and sign Panarin. Yeah. Look at the, look at the uh, Blackhawks who seemed to be doing this and then was like, whoa, Seth Jones available. Kaboom. Yeah. Uh, here's a couple of first round draft picks. Yeah. It, it is interesting how, how it's, it's changed. I think we have more to go on now about building a team that in that uh, way, in a cap environment. And, and one, and one of the reasons too, Cordy is that yeah. even though Detroit went the more conventional route in their rebuild, they never yeah. won the lottery. There's no guarantee. So, so it's like, Yep. Okay, let's uh, and you know Detroit didn't tank. To be honest, when I say yep. organic with Detroit, they literally Steve Eisman took over a team with zero prospects. Correct, and that's okay. The Wings made the playoffs twenty five straight years. They yep. should have no prospects, right. but but he 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 very organically had a lousy team that kept finishing last. But he didn't win the lottery, and I think yeah. that's something that comes up when I talk to a lot of executives. Yeah, you're not you're not guaranteed to get that franchise player, even if you have the worst team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, how well, many teams would tank next year if they knew they would get Connor Bedard? Oh my gosh! Right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Arizona might still be. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> right. Where, right. And, and and you know, listen, Arizona has all kinds of different reasons for what they're doing. I mean, they're they're completely going scorched earth. But it's not just about rebuilding. It's about the years it's going to take before they build their new rank. There's yeah, all kinds right. of stuff going on there. And so I don't think you can take Arizona and try to bring yeah. it into your own modeling, yep. right? No. 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 Uh, still, we think the Blue Jackets will be fairly active at the trade deadline. Uh, Domi, Corpusalo. Corpusalo's banged up again. Hasn't had a great couple of years here st- statistically, easy for me to say. 
maybe Nyquist. He's got another year left on his deal. What are you hearing, Pierre, about the Blue Jackets and the moves that they may be uh, considering as the trade deadline now, less than a month away? Yeah, and, and you covered it there. I mean, when I talk to other teams, the guy that the Jackets bring up a lot are, are Domi and, and Corpus Allo. And I think there's been a lot of effort on Corpus Allo. I think they've been ready to deal him for quite a while. Yep. There might still be an opportunity despite his year. I, I mean, you know, I think that the New Jersey Devils, from my understanding, is are starting to make a lot of calls on goaltending. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they they don't know when or if Mackenzie Blackwood will be back. They lost Jonathan Brady for the year. And and so I think the Devils are on the lookout for goaltending help. Um, you know, on Domi, again, it hasn't been an electrifying offensive year and he carries a pretty sizable cap number. So, I mean, he will move, but I think he's a great example of what we said at the top where teams that want to get in on him, I think, have to wait yeah. um, to, to massage that cap hit. Um, and then after that, I mean, I think what the Blue Jackets can do if the opportunity arises, uh, it's, it's usually more of a summer thing, but, you know, if there are hockey deals that help advance what, you know, the Jackets want to look like in September, I think they're willing to do it now is what I hear from other teams. I mean, I think the Blue Jackets are pretty open-minded, but those are harder to do midseason. You know, yeah. you, you really have more teams focused on contenders loading up for a playoff front and sellers just looking to, unload and, and set up their offseason. So it's hard to find another trade partner like that. Although, as I wrote recently after my interview with Pierre Doriel, the Senators are looking to advance the offseason. They're looking to make hockey deals. So who knows? I mean, maybe maybe there's another team out there with some similar ideas. Well, yeah. Um, and a, a general thought for me, if we could, I, I, I you know, the, the Blue Jackets have been a bit of a roller coaster. They started really hot, hotter than anybody expected, 12 and 6. Then they sort of played like people expected, plunged uh, for quite a while. Now they're on a serious burner again, as I mentioned, six out of seven, eight out of 10, mm-hmm. um, three games over 500 beat the Leafs at home in OT the other night. I think they're, I think they're ahead of what people thought they would be. Certainly. I wonder what mm-hmm. the perception on a national level is for, for how the blue jackets have played and the job done by Brad Larson and his coaching staff. Yeah. I think they will achieve myself. Um, you know, I, I, I thought they would really struggle this year. Um, and, and again, part of it was, was eventually filling those holes, but, you know, they've been incredibly competitive and, uh, you know, I, I think what I, I think what I fear for them is that, you know, over a longer stretch here, I don't know if the offense is going to stay where it is. I mean, they're 11th in the league in, in goals for game. That's a pretty amazing story. Um, but I don't know how much of that is sustainable, I guess, is what I'm saying. So, you know, I could be wrong on that. And obviously, you know, the goaltending situation right now has to, has to, has to become a healthier one for sure. But, um, but the, the, the culture and the work ethic is evident when you watch Columbus play. And if that's the biggest takeaway, regardless of how this season ends, that's a pretty positive one. Yeah. Because this was an important year. This is a, a transition year where, you know, like as you wrote, you know, this is the reset, and and but that has to be like your players have to buy into that. Like the, this season has to end, and, and I think the core guys on this team have to say, you know what, we're not that far. Yeah, you know, we we can see how this thing can go here, and and if that's the feeling you get at the end of the season, then it's then it's a successful non-playoff year, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. And I get the feel, I'd, I'd be curious your thoughts on this. I think in any other market, not any other market, in, in a Canadian market, 
uh, Boone Jenner would be an absolute household name. Um, he's, he's, he just does everything. Yeah, and he's <laughs> yeah. just he's so earnest and such a hard work. He's the guy I think every GM would love to have a guy like this in this team. And oh look, he's got twenty one goals this year. He's on pace for his second thirty goal season, which just is not supposed to happen uh, for Boone Jenner. There's a he's almost a legendary mythical figure here in the way that he goes about his work so quietly and earnestly and passionately. Um, yeah, you got to admire a guy like that. Yeah, well. Uh, you know, he helped he helped beat the Leafs the other night. So those are the type of wins <laughs> where you got a big market watching. <laughs> yeah, so right. I think a lot of Leaf fans woke up to uh, Wednesday morning knowing who Blue Jenner was. Uh, yeah, although probably more talking about Patrick Liney. Yeah, and this shot. Hey, Pierre, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Good chatting with you, and uh, best of luck to you in these next uh, few weeks. I know you're under the gun. It'll be. A blast. We'll be watching, and and uh, thanks for taking some time to spend with us. Well, it was great being on, Aaron. And listen, I'm happy for you that you finally get a season where the entire world isn't talking about uh, a fire going off in Columbus. Yes. It's, it's got to be nice to just covering hockey for once. It, it's been pleasant. A pleasant <laughs> uh, pleasant uh, line of stories, for sure. For sure. All the best. Pierre, thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. All right, so that was an interesting conversation with Pierre. Always good to get the national perspective. Um Loved his thoughts on line A and what the Blue Jackets might do. It's always good uh, when you when you get a read and it matches what the national guy is hearing, too. You go, okay, the sources are working, doing the job. Um, I still think there could be some surprises at that at that trade deadline. It's kind of what it's all about. Who knows who's going to be on the other end of the phone uh, calling Yarmo Kekalainen with, with his own ideas or her own ideas for, for what needs to happen um, for a deal to be sprung. Um, so... Lots of stuff coming for the Blue Jackets. As we mentioned, Florida tonight, Carolina tomorrow night, and then Pittsburgh on Sunday. And next week is going to be uh, momentous in Blue Jackets land. Um, you know Rick Nash's sweater is going to be retired on March 5th. That's the end of the week. And that's going to be an amazing night. Think about that night, if you will, just for a second. It could be bananas. If the Blue Jackets continue to play well, that game against Boston, who's currently uh, eighth in the East holding that last wildcard spot. It could have implications. Now some things need to happen between now and then before that's realistic, but that could be really interesting if that game has meaning on a postseason level. How wild would that be? Obviously Nash's number going up is, is huge, but it's also Nick Foligno's return to Columbus. It's also Sean Corrales first game against his old team. Uh, the Boston Bruins. I spoke with Corrales a few days ago. He was, jokingly relieved that all of these things are in place so that him playing the Bruins is going to be the third or the fourth storyline. Uh, but not to him. It will have great meaning. Um, so that's that's something to look forward to. We'll be dealing with that next week, certainly. Rick Nash and, and his jersey being retired and all the stuff that goes along with that will be uh, the the focal point of that, of that podcast as well. Thanks for listening to this. Again, thanks to Pierre Lebrun for joining us. Always appreciate it, and we'll talk to you all uh, next week. Thanks so much. Take care. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub an official partner of The Athletic.